straight up the play. I'ma make a move. Before the first beer of the tailgate is cracked, before the fans swarm the stands, and before the Hawkeyes take the field, KGYM Sports Radio breaks down this weekend's Iowa football game. This is Before the Boom. Before the Boom. Here's your host, Spencer Wagan. Welcome back to the Before the Boom podcast from KGYM. What is this place? Where are we? This doesn't look like the Circus Sports mm. Iowa studio. I guess it's Studio B in the Circus Sports Iowa studio. If you're watching on the uh, video podcast and the KGYM Facebook page, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're listening on the audio podcast, you once again probably have said Spencer has lost his marbles. I am Spencer Wagon, host of Spencer on Sports, weekdays from 2 until 3 here on KGYM. Scott Unash and Mark Dukes across the table. They are the hosts of the gym class, weekdays from 3 until 4. You're on the gym, and to my right is Mr. Todd Bromelkamp. The hat, he, oh, he took a bite of the hat. I feel oh. like Mad Dog Vashon there, but, yeah. <laughs> Todd Bromelkamp, one half of the Todd Bromelkamp Show with Alex Kuhn. Uh, weekdays from 4 until 6 here on KGYM. Each week we convene for the podcast to talk all things Iowa football. We might get into, uh, there was an interesting question posed in the middle of the game uh, last week, hot sauce or ranch for the hat, Todd? No, I don't do ranch. So it's hot sauce or hot sauce it's or a bust. Little, it's a little tough. It's, yeah, we'll we have to marinate t- tenderize it, it in the next month. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll see how things uh, see how things play out with that. But uh, that was an important question asked last week. Another important question uh, asked was, uh, well, this Iowa offense, <laughs> it's uh, struggling again, continues to struggle. Guys, the defense. Did, did a solid job. You know, you, you look at the stat line, 360 yards, give it up to Ohio State, 54 points, and people are going to be like, what? A solid job? How can you say that's a solid job? But it could have been a lot worse than that 54-10 to 10 loss uh, last week to the number two team in the country. Your takeaways from last week uh, and, and what turned out to be the third straight loss uh, for the Hawkeyes. Number one, Ohio State is really good. Yes. Uh, that's kind of an understatement but uh, they really are and uh, but it's more uh, it's like we've got this on a save string somewhere the Iowa offense mm-hmm. and now there's questions about who's going to be the quarterback come Saturday uh, Spencer Petrus or Alex Padilla the offensive line woes remain uh, they were interchanging offensive linemen throughout that game uh, try to figure something out I thought the defense might have played its best game of the year. Forget about the 54 points. It just snowballed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but to hold Ohio State to 360 yards, mm-hmm. yeah, um, very good performance. No, I agree. And uh, 360 if – you, if you told us, you know, okay, Saturday morning, going to hold Ohio State 360 yards, you'd be doing cartwheels. Mm-hmm. And they still get 54 points, but – Three field goals in the first half could have been touchdowns. They could have hung 70 on Iowa if it was a normal defensive year. Um, I thought the defense played very, very well. Uh, but, you know, you throw a pick on the first pass of the game and, you know, things didn't get a whole lot better there. And your six turnovers, you're just not going to win football games that way. And you're especially not going to win football games against a team that might win a national championship this year. They're that good and that talented. So, um, you know, you get ready for the final five, I guess. 
Todd, your thoughts uh, from Saturday? Well, we kind of talked about it last week like it was an unwinnable situation, and it was an unwinnable situation. I mean, Mm -hmm. from the very first play of the game, from Iowa's standpoint, where Spencer Petras throws the interception right up until the second half when things really snowballed, they had no chance to win that game. So I think you put it in the rearview mirror, and now you focus on the five remaining games, and it is critical that Iowa finds three wins, and I think all four of us would agree that the – most likely of the easiest wins or the most likely game to win of the five remaining is the one that Iowa's going to play this weekend. Final stat line from uh, Saturday when it comes to offensive yards, 62 total plays for Ohio State for 360 yards. They were averaging well over 500 uh, a game uh, for uh, the season going into last week, but Iowa's offense, 59 total plays, 158 yards, That comes down to 81 passing yards and 35 rushes for just 77 yards. And, you know, you can criticize the quarterback. You can criticize the receivers. You can criticize, uh, you know, the the running backs not not performing to to where they they should be. Criticize the scheme, the coaching, but, Mark, you said it. It starts up front, and uh, the offensive line woes, uh, they continue. And uh, for, for all facets of this offense, I think all of us would agree, there's uh, there, there's questions that need to be answered, but I don't think anybody knows the right answers at this point in the season. Is that fair to say, guys? I just don't know if there's a quick fix. Uh, if there was, I think it would have been tried before now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line just needs to play better, and it's as simple as that. That's a, as old as football is. You win in, in the trenches, mm-hmm. and Iowa needs to do that come Saturday. They do, and... Usually, I mean, it's not a it's a, not a situation where Iowa hasn't mixed and matched before with offensive linemen, but usually by a couple games into the Big Ten, they settle on five guys. They haven't settled on five guys this year. Uh, you know, Connor Colby was inside. He was outside. He went back inside. Uh, new guys appearing on the offensive line. Uh, they still haven't come up with the magical formula uh, as of yet. Uh, maybe they did this week. I don't know. Uh, that remains to be seen coming out from the Northwestern game. But you know, that's that's a all this is a big problem uh, with that offensive line, and it leads to all the all the woes that the offense has gone through this year. You look at uh, one of the big storylines uh, from the game, at least uh, when you look at uh, this this uh, Iowa football team. Spencer Petras ineffective in the first half. The team and, and the coaching staff deciding to go to Alex Padilla to start the second half. First snap was not good. It was a fumble. Two plays later, through an interception. So certainly not the not the debut that uh, uh, fans, even I'm sure coaches, were hoping for for Alex Padilla in uh, the 2022 season. But uh, you talk about Todd. You mentioned an, an unwinnable situation for Alex Padilla. That was an un- unwinnable situation for him because he hadn't seen any action uh, up until this point uh, for uh, for the season uh, up until the second half of the Ohio State game. Uh, and that brings in the question, and Mark, you brought it up, who's who's going to play quarterback uh, this week? Now, uh, there's uh, a discussion uh, at the uh, news conference with Kirk Ferentz earlier this week. Uh, he said they may go all the way to Friday to make their decision, whether it's Petrus, whether it's Padilla. A, the, the question I'll pose to the group, do you think it was fair for them to put Padilla out in that situation in the second half? And B... Who do you think is going to start? Not who should start, but who do you think is going to start the game against Northwestern this week? Fair, no, necessary, yeah. 
I mean, at that point, yeah. they had to make a change. But was it fair? No. Was it fair that that's the first time that we've seen him all season? Absolutely not. I think the fact that there's this ambiguity about who the starting quarterback is going to be, I think, let's put it this way. If I had to bet on it today, if I were a betting man, <laughs> I'd put $100 down at Spencer Petrus as the starting quarterback on Saturday. I just I think the fact that they're – if Alex Padilla was going to be the starting quarterback against Northwestern, I think they would have said it on Tuesday. Mm. I think it was perfectly fair. Perfectly fair because Petrus wasn't getting it done in the first half. Three turnovers, a pick six, and you evaluate the two, which is hard to do. Petrus's interceptions were right to defenders. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was looking at. Padilla's interception was off the hands of Sam Laporta. Eh, maybe not the best throw, but at least he didn't throw it into the arms of an Ohio State defender. At that point, it's 26-10. Petrus isn't getting anything done. Seek a spark from Alex Padilla. I'm a Todd. I, th- I still think Spencer Petrus is going to start this game on Saturday. Well, I'm... Um... This is boring, but I think Spencer Petrus is also going to start. <laughs> uh, I mean, tell me this, guy. If if Alex Padilla starts, I mean, what's that say to Spencer Petrus? Uh, do we see Spencer Petrus ever again? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had if I had my one hundred dollars, thank you, Todd, for staking me, uh, I would put it on Spencer Petrus. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go four for four here. I I just. Knowing knowing this coaching staff's uh, this coaching staff and how they favored Spencer Petrus all throughout this year, I, I I feel like the leash is is still long enough for them to put him out there. Quick hook though, you know. I mean, I think you have to you have to have a quick hook, right? I mean, if, if you're struggling to beat Northwestern now, Northwestern, and we'll talk about them here momentarily. Yeah, they're one and six. They've been in. Uh, all but one of those losses, that loss to Wisconsin they had a couple weeks ago. If you're struggling at home to beat a bad Northwestern team, you have to go, you have to make the change, and and then you know you run into the problem of okay, you're 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 playing musical quarterbacks, and what's the old saying? You have you have two quarterbacks, you actually have you have no quarterbacks. So you know this is this is the the monster, I guess, that the Iowa football coaching staff has created because they don't have consistent play. Uh, from uh, from either quarterback and in a game that you absolutely have to win you need to win to get uh, some of the the, the the negativity to get toned down within the fan base and within the uh, within the program uh, you need to uh, you need to make the decision that's that that gets you uh, the opportunity the best opportunity to win I'll interject here it's also the monster that they've created through recruiting right because these are the guys that they've chosen to put in this position. Mm-hmm. And Joe Labus, who's the third-string quarterback, we were told a couple weeks ago there's a huge gulf between number three and number one and number two with Labus. So the coaching staff chose these guys. They recruited them. Yeah. And they don't have another option like a Deuce Hogan, who was on the team last year and opted to transfer to Kentucky. There's a whole other side of that story, we did obviously. Get the first text of the week, though, that said bring in the freshman quarterback, the fourth teamer. Carson so, you May. Know, that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think on Tuesday, Mark, that came yeah. up, right? 
still <laughs> still waiting for the Marco Lanez or James Reeser uh, text. But if we see a loss to Northwestern this weekend, I think we might have those. Uh, Kirk Ferentz uh, talked uh, at his media conference this week about evaluating uh, quarterbacks. Here's what uh, Kirk had to say in uh, Iowa City earlier this week. Yeah, I've, I've said the same thing about Spencer, too. Uh, you know, so... That's complicated, and uh, when you evaluate any player, running backs, you know anybody, uh, it's pretty much there are a lot, a lot of circumstances and, and things around uh, what their responsibility is that factor into things. So, you know, if there's no hole for a running back uh, to, to run through, chances are not going to look good unless you know, it's Barry Sanders, which you know I do remember the first time I saw him run up in there. I uh, can't tell you who they were playing. They were playing Nebraska. That's who it was. It was on a tape, and uh, the hole wasn't there. Looked like, you know, one-yard gain. All of a sudden, he bounced it out and made about 12 around the left side. So that, that's something I'll remember my entire life. Uh, some Oklahoma State coaches were visiting us. But, um, um, you know, basically, everything affects everything, you know. And for a quarterback play, it's, it's really complex. So it's not, you know, just a simple equation. You know, this guy's out there just humming. But usually, if a guy's humming, it usually means he's getting good, uh, good teamwork and good help around him, too. And there's a lot that goes into to good quarterback play, just like every position. Not sure how a question about quarterback evaluation uh, involved the story about Barry Sanders, but that's oh, Kirk Ferentz. I am. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was Kirk Ferentz uh, earlier this week uh, in Iowa City. So across the board, I think we all said Spencer Petrus is uh, likely to get the uh, get the start here uh, for uh, this uh, this game. We all think he should, or think he will. Uh, whether he should or not, that's that's another question. Uh, guys, let's turn our attention to uh, Northwestern here this week. I mentioned uh, a few moments ago the Wildcats are sitting at one and six overall, one and three uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, they lost six straight. Of course, they had the uh, game in Ireland, beating Nebraska thirty-one to twenty-eight. I said this on my, I said this on Spencer on Sports earlier this week. If Scott Frost doesn't have that onside kick as Northwestern zero and seven. <laughs> They very well could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about the Wildcats at a totally different, uh, a similar light but slightly different light uh, here uh, for this podcast. But uh, 31-28, that was the win. They've since lost six in a row to Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami, Ohio, Penn State, Wisconsin, and then uh, lost a tight one against Maryland. They showed a little improvement last week. Uh, as, as Todd said, probably of the five games left, probably the easiest quote-unquote Game for the Hawkeyes, considering uh, Iowa still has to play Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Northwestern, guys, what do you see from the Wildcats, uh, and what does Iowa need to do to get get this win monkey off their backs and get 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 uh, back into the win column here this season? Follow Evan Hall from the moment he leaves the tunnel. <laughs> this is a good Spy running back. On him. <laughs> good running back who's uh, almost a thousand all-purpose yards or total total offense yards. He's he's a, a good running back who can catch the ball. He's caught like forty balls. Um, that's the number one concern, I think. If you think this is going to be a route, think again. Even though I was favored by eleven, mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz is ten and eleven against Northwestern. Nine one-score games, mm-hmm. and a lot of them them recently. And you look at Northwestern's season, even though they lost to – shouldn't have lost to Southern Illinois or maybe Miami, Ohio. Aside from the Wisconsin game, they've all been 10 points or fewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a 
It's a not a great team, not a good team, but a competitive team. And you know Fitzgerald um, loves beating Iowa. He does, and he knows how to scheme against Iowa too. Uh, and I think that backs up your statement about you know, one-score games. And uh, this is not a great Northwestern team. Uh, let's face it, coming down the pike here, and uh, you know they're they got a lot of tough games left. They are fighting for bowl eligibility. I think it's bigger than that as far as Northwestern is concerned. Um, you know, right now. Northwestern is looking. They made a lot of improvements uh, with uh, training facilities. Now they're going to have Ryan Field being completely redone. This is a program that's trying to keep up with the Joneses out there. And a one and eleven season is not going to look real well when you go knocking on the door to to Chicagoans and ask for uh, for money and help to donate and things like that. But they're going to play tough. They're going to play tough. But uh, it is a game that Iowa can win and probably should win. Todd, your take? I think they're completely overmatched in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa shut them out, and it's just a matter of how many points Iowa can put on the board. This Northwestern team is bad, and they should be winless in the Big Ten. That being said, what are they, plus 375 on the money line? (laughs) Would I be surprised if, if they beat Iowa on Saturday? No, because we've already talked about Pat Fitzgerald's track record. But they can't. You can't run the ball on this defense. They they haven't played a defense like Iowa's defense. Iowa's defense is not going to allow them to to run the ball. If they can't run the ball, they can't score points. Apparently, a new quarterback for Northwestern too, right? Brendan Sullivan. Yeah, Ryan Halinski play has played most of the season. The one thing I've seen, and I don't follow Northwestern football all that closely. Obviously, we we glance at what they do each week for our coverage here on KGYM, but. Uh, the the big issue was turnovers for them and Halinski, you know, he'd throw a touchdown, but he'd throw three interceptions, uh, and that cost him. Uh, especially, I know that Southern Illinois game, uh, Miami Ohio game as well, uh, some some key costly turnovers there. Uh, Sullivan played well. Evan Hull played well in that game against Maryland. Now Maryland did not have Talia Tagovailoa uh, in that game. How much that played in, you know, who knows? But uh, they were able to get get the victory there. So I think. Uh, this this Iowa defense especially, I think it's similar to the Rutgers game, to be quite honest with you. Defense, clamp down, stop Evan Hull, as you said, Mark, uh, and and force him to make mistakes and get some defensive scores. Because, uh, like I said, you need, you being the Iowa football program, absolutely need a win because uh, I didn't want to go as far as saying this, but it's going to be tough to win a football game, tough to to string together some wins here. Uh, with the rest of your schedule, if you can't uh, if you can't get one, and sometimes you know, sometimes all it takes is one, right? You, you need need to get back at the positive side of the ledger to uh, to to spark further success. We've seen Iowa do that before. I mean, you know, 2008 season. Uh, you know, how many seasons down the pike here have we seen, uh, or, or, or in, in the in the history of this football program, we've seen them struggle, play some really good football teams like they've done here in in 2022 with. Uh, Michigan and Illinois and Ohio State uh, in successive weeks. And then maybe they go on a little bit of a run. Uh, now, am I saying that's going to happen here in 2022, uh, with, especially with the struggles they've had on offense? No, not necessarily, but uh, history has shown that they they are able to do it. And uh, you just need to get back into that win column. Uh, to the points you guys are making about how close this series uh, has been, the visiting team has won each of the last four meetings Northwestern 
in fact, has won the last three in Iowa City, uh, including the 2020 game where Iowa had the lead. Uh, second half uh, collapse, losing 21-20. The 2018 game, uh, they, they clinched the Big Ten West that night, yeah. I believe, at Kinnick Stadium in 2018. And then in 2016, the 38-31 victory, which uh, if I read the notes correctly this week, that was also a homecoming game. So hopefully not a similar result uh, here uh, for uh, for uh, the 2022 uh, Hawkeyes. Uh, guys, this is, uh, this is an interesting game here. We'll get to our predictions uh, coming up here momentarily. I want to remind the good folks listening to the uh, to the program here that uh, the show is brought to you by Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot, a hidden treasure on the banks of Squaw Creek. They've got down-home meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For a great Friday night special, including uh, which is seasoned prime rib. It's been smoking all day long. And give their Saturday night special smoked barbecue brisket a try for great food and hospitality in a rustic, family-friendly atmosphere, come to Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. Carry-out available. Their menu is available online at baitshackfun.com. 2023 Big Ten schedule is out. I know this is the 2022 podcast, but uh, no Michigan, no uh, Michigan, no Ohio State next year for the uh, for the Hawkeyes. They open at Penn State. Crossover games as well with Michigan State and Rutgers. Any. I know we all talked about the 2023 schedule. Any any initial thoughts on what you saw? I'm assuming it will change maybe once or twice before we get there. But uh, any any thoughts on 2023? Last time Michigan State was in Iowa City, they were uh, may have been feigning injuries hmm. on the field at Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> Just may have been. Possibly. Possibly. Like Penn State was. It's been Possibly. 10. It'll be over a decade since Michigan State was last year. So I, I think that's good to see. Uh, not the most attractive schedule, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I think it's a very doable schedule mm-hmm. uh, next year, depending on what happens off-season off season, right. and in the end of this year. Well, a couple of things interesting to me, and you mentioned it, Spencer. Uh, I know Ohio State, no Michigan. That's always favorable. Um, I wonder how the Cubs are going to be because Game 7 of the World Series could be compromised. On November 4th? <laughs> That Northwestern game? Yeah. If they're redoing Ryan Field, uh, are they really playing at Wrigley? I think that's the talk, isn't it, Todd? I don't think they're leaving Ryan Field until after the 2023 season. So, so one more year, Ryan one Field. One more year, and then, as I said on the program earlier this week, you'd have a million people that would line up to push the detonation button, <laughs> making that dump a pile of rubble. <laughs> Non-conference games for the Hawkeyes next year for what it's worth. Utah State, the fighting Jordan Loves coming to town. Uh, then the Hawkeyes, of course, will be in Ames for the Cyhawk on September 9th. And then old nemesis, directional Michigan, western Michigan. We spin the compass and the Broncos come riding into town. Hopefully, no boats, though. No, no boats. No, no boats, boats sailing into uh, P.J. Fleck. If he's still in Minnesota, the boat will come in uh, October 21st down the uh, – down the Iowa River into downtown Iowa City. All right, guys, Big Ten this week. Before we dive into our predictions, uh, a few interesting games. Ohio State at Penn State. Buckeyes are uh, 15.5-point favorite per our friends at Circa. That's the big noon kickoff. We Big noon went from featuring Michigan every week to now featuring Ohio State every week. Can't really go wrong there, but uh, Ohio State, uh, a winner, or, or uh, a favorite there, I should say, in that contest. Minnesota looking to get right, break that losing streak they're on. They host Rutgers. Gophers a two-touchdown favorite there. 
Might be a sneaky, interesting game. Illinois at Nebraska. The Illini is seven and a half point favorite. And then Ann Arbor police, I'm sure, are happy. Police and first responders in Ann Arbor are very happy that Michigan-Michigan State is a night game. And by happy, I mean they're not happy. They're not happy. Uh, <laughs> as that rivalry uh, gets renewed in Ann Arbor. Wolverines, despite having lost the last two to the Spartans under Mel Tucker, Wolverines are a 23-point favorite over Michigan State. Your thoughts on the Big Ten slate this week? My advice to Michigan State is to go up the tunnel and get into the locker room so that they don't have any issues like Michigan had with Penn State. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Illinois, Nebraska. If the Big Red come through. Mm-hmm, can can mm-hmm. Nebraska stop Chase Brown, though? I think that's the key question. I'm not sure they can. Not sure they can, but boy, oh boy. Trey Palmer's had a fantastic year. It's going to be a a very, very chirpy Monday <laughs> off to the West <laughs> if Nebraska true. pulls that one off because they are going to get a glimmer of hope, and we know how that goes. Pretty obvious Ohio State, Penn State, but mm-hmm. I'm, Scott, I'm interested in that Illinois-Nebraska game. I don't, I don't think Ohio State's going to trip up. Uh, uh, at Penn State, no. Uh, I'd be surprised if it does. Um, my focus is on Iowa City. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good games this weekend on the periphery. You know, Florida and Georgia play, Tennessee and Kentucky play. Uh, you've got those good games in the Big Ten. Iowa State's taking on Oklahoma. Kind of an intriguing game. Both teams. Uh, trying to find their footing here in in the Big 12. Uh, So some other games that a lot of folks are are watching. But uh, our eyes uh, are on Iowa City. And uh, the Hawkeyes, uh, as we mentioned earlier, a a double-digit favorite against uh, a Northwestern team that's 1-6 overall, 1-3 in the Big 10. Iowa needs a win. Guys, can they get it? Your predictions. Let's uh, go around the room and hold those feet to the fire one more time this week. I the last couple of days have been racking my brain trying to figure out if there has been a, a bigger game for Iowa. Yes, they've played for Big Ten championships. Yes, they've played to get into the Rose Bowl. Yes, they've done this. Yes, they've done that. But as far as the program is concerned, because and you and I have talked about this, Spencer, Iowa loses to Northwestern. It's DEFCON five. Saturday night and into Monday. I mean, it turns nuclear mm-hmm. in Iowa City for the good of this program, for what Iowa, I think, wants to do in the future, perhaps. They have to win this game. They have to win this football game. Um, I think they will, and it's not going to be easy. It's probably not going to look pretty, but I think they get it done 24-10. to 10. Well, I, I, you know, we, we mentioned how many close games these two teams have played, uh, nine one-score games, <clears throat> a lot of them in recent years. But uh, I, I think Iowa gets a bit of momentum here. Uh, I think, like a lot of games, Kirk Ferentz is going to want to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And maybe that will take some pressure off Spencer Petras. If Iowa can run the ball, uh, I, I think this is going to be – more than a one-score game. I've got it at uh, Iowa 20-6. to six. Todd? Northwestern stinks. I think Iowa stinks, but I think <laughs> Iowa has a slightly better team than Northwestern does here. The total's 38 points. I think it depends on how many defensive scores Iowa puts on the board as to whether or not the game goes over or under. 
This is either going to be a 28 to nothing game or a 41 to nothing game. I'd put my money on 28 to nothing. I also wouldn't be surprised if Northwestern won the game because I've really given up trying to figure this team out at this point. But my my official pick is Iowa wins 28 to nothing. Does Captain Jack score that touchdown? <laughs> I I'm I'm so over you were talking about the 2023 schedule. I just want to get through the 2022 season at this point cuz I just I don't know how much more of, of watching this team I can take, but they win this week. And then, then it's a little bit easier. They only need two more wins over four weeks to get bowl eligible. Detroit calling, not London calling by the Clash. We're in the X1075 studio, so I feel like i got to drop some alt-rock very knowledge. Nice, very nice. Producer Chris Jackson is uh, nodding his head uh, with, uh, with, <laughs> with approval a, over there. Get a ding. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't have the anyway, We need the ding sound effect on here. What's going on? Uh, Coming I, up next, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> the, the killers on the Before the Boom podcast. Uh, anyways, uh, prediction for me, I, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think Iowa's going to get – I'll put them at two defensive touchdowns. Oh, Captain uh, Jack? Uh, I'm going to go – yeah, Jack Campbell. Right. I'm going to a repeat of the Rutgers game. Jack Campbell. Well, d- did he score in the Rutgers game? That's been so long ago that I. Cooper DeGene is going to yes, score. He scored. And I'll say Jack Campbell gets one. Uh, I'm going 17 to 3. Iowa wins. So three points from the offense. That's what we've been averaging. So, hey, why not? Uh, but I'm like, Todd, I think if Iowa's defense gets on a roll, uh, they can put this to bed early and it could be a shutout for Iowa similar to the game we saw a couple years back it was 2019 right yeah 20 to nothing that game in Evanston you could see something similar to that um I I just I don't think the Iowa offense is going to do enough uh and we're still going to be talking about quarterback still going to be talking about offensive line but knowing how this series has gone I think I think you can there's there's a path for Northwestern to win this football game and I'm I'm I may come here Saturday night and open up the phone lines and just, yeah. and the text line and just let let it roll. You wouldn't <laughs> for Monday. Hear, you wouldn't hear from anybody because if they lose this game, apathy will have officially set in. True. More than that, what about defections in the Iowa program? Is Caden Proctor really that firm on coming to yeah. Iowa? Yeah. Um, Those are questions. And this is a climate we live in right. of the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, yeah. I mean, he's, if it goes he, way south, there could be some issues. That that would be a decommit, obviously, because he's not on campus. But, you know, what do you see, you know, from, you know, opt outs for draft? And, That's yeah. why this is a huge game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, if the team isn't very good, would you be concerned? How many, how many players right now would you be concerned about going into the transfer portal if the team's not very good? True. I, I'm Ten. just. It'd be more on defense. I'd, be more on defense than offense. I think, but I'd be worried about a handful. Yeah. Everybody I, else. I think two handfuls. Well, you have bigger hands than I do. <laughs> 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 Any final thoughts before we sign off for the week, guys? I wish the Big Ten would have taken Pat Fitzgerald up on his suggestion to play this game at 6 a.m. I really <laughs> breakfast with the big. Just, I mean, it would have just <laughs> you know having the Nevada game end at 1:30 in the morning and having a 6 a.m. kickoff in the same season. It just would have been a chapter for the book <laughs> that I'll never write. How many people will be there? That, that's a you know how okay. Um, They're all sold. The right, the, ticket, sold. the tickets are all sold. But here's the thing, like, how many people out there who are saying, and we've heard from them, 
I'm never going to a game again. Yeah. I'm giving up my season tickets. Are are, are really A truly going to do that? And B, you're going to see those those tickets will get snapped up by somebody else who wants to go. I know we've uh, Todd, I think you read the text on your show. Maybe you guys did too. I've seen him too coming in our on our text line. Uh, a lot of kids are going to be there, I think. There, A lot of people who have not had the opportunity yep. to go to games that are taking their kids to the game for the first time and that, you know, yeah, they're not pleased with the quality of what they're seeing on the field, but they still want to go and experience a game. And, I, you know, I are there going to be empty seats? Probably, but is it going to be to the point where there's, you know, we're pulling a – Oakland A's and tarping off half the stadium. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's not going to be Stanford. No, last week. No, let's put it that no, way. No, that was brutal. That was that was poor. All right, that's our before the boom podcast. Thanks for joining us here from KGYM. We appreciate it as always. Thanks again to Edith Lucille's for sponsoring the show. We're back next week wherever you get your podcast to talk about Iowa and Purdue. Oh boy, it's going to be fun. Here we go. KGYM Sports Radio brings you the best in Iowa football pregame programming with the Before the Boom podcast. Listen to the podcast each week before Iowa takes the field. Available on the KGYM app or wherever you get your podcasts.